every single time, every single episode. Okay, season two, episode four. Amir, what is in store for us today? Well, um, we have a lot of things in store, but we have something specifically in store that we wanted to talk about. And uh, let's get right into it, Caleb. Let's talk about Damian Lillard and the whole debacle with Dame and what's been going on with him in, in Portland. And a little secret of what happened with him in L.A. this past summer. Caleb, you want to briefly go over that? Yeah. So apparently LeBron said, hey, why don't we go out to dinner sometime? I guess I guess he went over to LeBron's place for dinner and they started talking, chatting. Uh, apparently LeBron tried to basically openly recruit him to the Lakers without directly saying come to the Lakers. Basically told him, you know, it's difficult there. You're only getting older. It's maybe it's time to get out of there. And Dame basically told him like, it's something I think about, but it's, he said, it's, it's not a road I want to go down. It's not something I don't want to go down it this way. And, you know, respect to Dame because, you know, and I, everybody knows it, that letter zero that he wears. It's, I mean, that number zero that he wears, it's not, it's more of the letter O, you know what I mean? Cause he's so loyal to, he's loyal to his, he knows where he came from. He's loyal to himself. And I don't blame him for not wanting to go against what he's done his whole career to join up for a super team. Should he? Probably. He's only getting older, like LeBron said. But at the same time, he's too loyal to do something like that, I think. Yeah, I saw in the article, it was written by Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes is close to uh, Dame Lillard. When I was in Vegas for Summer League, I saw Dame walking around Chris Haynes a lot. So uh, anytime I see Chris Haynes drop something about Dame, I'm like, that's definitely is coming straight from the source who is Damian Lillard now the one thing that I'm a little bit confused on was obviously he had the meeting with LeBron LeBron told him like look you need you don't have to come here you just need to go somewhere where you can win because you know you're getting older and Dame said he would love to play with LeBron and AD especially LeBron but like you mentioned the whole legacy thing and one thing I really liked in that article was, was Dame talking about how much he wanted to win in Portland and how much he's been wanting to do that for his whole career. I think that's that's very old school of him, right? Yeah. Like a, a lot of players. You don't see that too much today. Yeah, a lot of players are not like that. And it, it reminds me a lot of the, like I look at it a lot, compares, and we'll get to that in a second as far as how it compares to all the young players nowadays. But one thing I will say with, with that whole situation is – Dame did say, you know what? I know a lot of guys, like I, I see a lot of guys win championships and I'm like, are they really that happy? Do they really get that type of enjoyment? And he said himself, he was like, you know, for me, I would die to have a, a championship in Portland. You know, he said, I'm not an emotional guy. You guys see me. There's nothing that can get me emotional. But he's like winning a championship. He said, I would legit cry like real tears, which I don't know what fake tears are, but the point is, if a guy like Damon Lillard saying that, and he said he he looked at someone like Giannis who who just won it, and he's like, I want to do it like that. Yeah. So I, I think that's respectable. I want to throw that back at you though, Caleb. What side are you on on the fence? Are you more of the the guy of, you know what, Dame should just go win his championship how by any means, it doesn't matter what team, or is it like, you know what, screw the championship, you don't need that, and that's one thing Dame was talking about. He's like why are people so caught up in it? Like, I don't need it. I want to have my family here. I want to end my career here. 
and I want to stay in Portland and, and, and build his like continue to build that legacy there. What do you think he should be doing? For, for me, like, it's funny because I got to see Paul Pierce stay in Boston and win a championship, right? Like, I kind of got that. Granted, they had to build a super team to do it, but I got to see our home, like, homegrown star win a championship. And it's I it's better to win that way and than it is to, like, recruit Kevin Durant to come in and build a super team. You know what I mean? Like, no shady KD, but that's I, – I feel like that's who he's talking about. Like, are they really happy winning a championship that way? Because KD even said, like, reason he went to Brooklyn was because he wanted to show he could win without that. And you talk about how Giannis won a championship and how the city literally loved Giannis. Like, Giannis – like, my thing is, like, when you're drafted to do a team and you stay with that team your whole career – you build something special there that championship or not, that city is going to love you and ride or die for you. You know what I mean? Like Portland will always be Dame city and Dame can always count on that. And he's grown roots there. You know what I mean? Like family lives there. Like it's a very special thing. So at his age, would I want out and go try to win maybe, but I think I'd stay. Like I think I'd be content staying and building a legacy there where it doesn't matter what the outside world says. Like everybody, every fan, whenever that top 75 list came out said, what has Dame done? What are his accolades? And that doesn't matter because Portland fans got to watch this guy grow and develop and give them deep playoff runs that they're going to remember the rest of their life. Did it result in a championship? No. But there's still memories there, and there's still a special thing with Dame in the city of Portland. The championship or not, I don't think matters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's his city. You brought up a good point with with Dame staying in Portland. Like he'll never have to buy a drink there again. He, he hell, he probably doesn't even have to go out to buy food himself. They're gonna spoil him no matter where he is and his family for the rest of his life in Portland, especially if he retires there. I will say the only thing I, I do think Dame deserves that championship. I would love to see him Portland, but reality is, it's not gonna happen in Portland. Like the, the, no, it won't happen. Their best chance of, of winning a championship is – or his best chance is going to be leaving Portland, which I, I honestly I'm at the point where I don't think Dame's going to do it. I, I You brought up Kevin Durant. I also think he looks at that entire Nets team. You look at Kyrie, who who has switched teams multiple times, and and look at him now. Like, he's not liked by multiple fan bases. He, bro, his own fan base right now probably doesn't like him very much. And the same goes with – a guy like uh, James Harden, you, you know, the whole Houston thing. And I know they, they love him in Houston, but do they really, like, in, in 10, 15 years, is he going to yeah. get the same love? Yeah. And you got to think about, like, this, too. Like, Damon Portland is so loved right now. If he were to leave for L.A., he's going to take a big hit in, like, ability in Portland. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be the same. The love will never be the same there. And then he goes to the Lakers where they get a new superstar every five years. You know what I mean? Like, a new guy yeah. comes in. LA is not going to love you like that. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like LA doesn't love you. What you have in Portland is exactly what you need in an NBA career. Cause like I said, championship or not the stuff he's done in Portland, I don't think it matters to, you know what I mean? Like they won a championship, but they got to watch this guy grow and develop. And that's, that's their star. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is. And I, I was going to ask you this. Do you think Dame is going to be, or do you think he already is the best Portland trailblazer player of all time? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's really close to either. Bill Walton was injured a lot. Clyde Drexler left. And and if Dame stays his whole career in one city, there's not very many guys that have that. Like, there's not very many guys that have that. And that, to me, adds an extra level of accolade. You know what I mean? That yeah. people won't look at, but I think it's an accolade. 
Well, I would say the the last thing as far as Dame. Does Dame's decision to stay in Portland say he does stay in Portland? Does that entice any of these young players? For example, we, we talk about our guys are all the time, the, the Foxes and the Tatums in the league. But does that entice them to being like, you know, I want to stay with this franchise forever, especially those that are in a small market, the John Morants, the Trey Youngs, the LaMelo Balls in Charlotte? I think seeing a guy like Giannis and Dame stay, you know, Dame happy. He doesn't have a championship, but he's still happy. Then you see on the flip side, Giannis won a championship for his team. You saw what it meant to the city. I do think it affects younger players. Like they could team up. They could, and they could win a championship. Like you could probably pick three young guys now that could you could put together in their primes. They win a championship easy. But what does that gain you? Because now you look at, because those same kids are looking at, not kids, but the same young players are looking at Kevin Durant looking at Kyrie Irving, like you mentioned, hated by multiple fan bases. What do you want your legacy to be? Do you want to have the championships and the hate, or would you rather be the best player in a franchise's history Yeah, and not have the championship, but you have the love of a city behind you? Like, you really have to think about it. Well, that's that's my thing is, is I know a lot of Kings fans were saying that about De'Aaron Fox. Like, you get to be the potential of being the best player in the franchise, which – you're in a small market, it's a city like Sacramento, or if you're somewhere like Memphis with Ja, it is a big deal. Like, you are one of the most beloved players. And I think, and I know that big markets, less people are, are exaggerating about all the time about how much, oh, big markets doesn't matter. I would really only say that's LA. Like, you don't think Steph is going to be remembered as the greatest? Like, nobody's ever going to be able to touch Steph. I mean, you saw it. Kevin Durant came to the Warriors, and they did not love him. The dude was not getting near amount of love that Steph got, which I mean, yeah. it's obvious. That's who they draft. So, anyways, I I, I do think that's interesting, and I, I do want to see what Dame does. That whole thing with LeBron, obviously, there's no such thing as tampering when it comes to the Lakers because when when LeBron does it, it's fine, right? Like he, anyone else does it, it's a problem. He's the only guy whose nickname is Lay GM, and and nothing. They don't get any. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, is- he gets away with anything. It's LeBron. And speaking of the Lakers, the Lakers are five and five, and they have been struggling. Yeah, LeBron's been out due to a, and I believe it's an abdominal strain. Yeah, and I, I just saw a, one of the Lakers old trainers just said that he has potential to be out four to eight weeks. Which that's big. That's a big target range, I would say, but that is big, like you said. He's not getting younger. LeBron's older. You know what I mean? And this is like the first serious. I mean, other than cramps and. And a little this is the second year in a row that this has happened with LeBron. And he also had that ankle injury, re-aggravated that from last year. Like, starting to get nicked up now, and it's starting to get weird because for how long LeBron's worst injury was, what, a cramp? Like, he, do- he did not get hurt, but now it's new injuries. It's popping up. It's weird. Yeah. I am interested to see what the Lakers do from here. I texted you the other night because – AD was questionable. He ended up playing, and then they went went down 20, and then he says, nope, I'm not playing, which Mm -hmm. I don't know. That just – I get very cowardly vibes off of Anthony Davis. Dude, AD, man, like, I wanted the Celtics to trade for him, but, like, it would have cost us both the Jays. And now looking at where Jalen and Jason are, and, like, Anthony Davis averages, like, three injury scares a game. And it's like, it wouldn't be worth it. You know what I mean? Like AD is one of those elite talents, but he just, he is not a leader. You know what I mean? Like he cannot lead. It's not his thing. Well, and the thing with Anthony Davis is I look at him and I'm like, 
you have so much potential to be that super like lebron said it during the bubble he said anthony davis is going to be the number one guy like he was trying to defer to ad and people are saying ad is going to be the guy that carries over when lebron retires but i just i don't see it happening and now you see the whole situation with russell westbrook like they don't look good at all and russ has just been not a great fit there russ has been bad yeah and they have injuries i get it but they haven't looked great. And I don't think a, a, a Taylor Horton Tucker coming back is going to change much of the like, trajectory. Taylor Horton Tucker, like I, I mentioned it on Twitter a couple of times. If the media showed a small market star as much attention as they show Taylor Horton Tucker, I guarantee it would be a lot easier for small market teams to main, like to keep their superstars because Taylor Horton Tucker last year went through a disgusting amount of being overrated. You know what I mean? Like everybody was posting him. Like he scored like 18 points and they were like the future of LA. It was like, really? Really? Like I like him. He's he's good. He's a really good player, but like that's not happening. You know what I mean? Well, here's something I want to ask you. If you're the Lakers, when do you hit the unit? I mean, that's not even the reset button, but when do you have the panic button where you're like, you know what, we got to do something. We, we can't just continue to settle for, for, for what we have and, and hope that something will work out just like last year and where they they're barely LA. made the playoffs. I mean, they're LA, like they are going to start hitting a panic button soon because you have, like you look at their roster, you look at the names on their roster, but people don't understand names are names. They're not who they used to be. Like Westbrook's not who he used to be. DeAndre Jordan is like 1% of the player he used to be. Yeah. Carmelo's playing himself. good. A shell of himself is a compliment to him. Yeah, really. Carmelo's playing good. Shout out to Carmelo because that's a Hall of Fame career right there. I love seeing him do good. But, like, you look at these names like Russell Westbrook, Hall of Fame career, but he's struggling. And he's it. Westbrook's in that weird frame of his career where he kind of has to reinvent his game. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of has to figure out something and go with it. He's averaging, what, 19, 8, and 8 or something, but his efficiency is, like, in the gutter. It's not looking good for LA and with LeBron being hurt. And like we said with Anthony Davis being stomach aches, tummy aches, hurts, his shoulder hurts or something. You know what I mean? Like it's always something new with Anthony Davis. You should start hitting the panic button soon and be like, okay, what can we flip Russell Westbrook for anything? Cause truthfully that Westbrook trade probably set him backwards. You know what I mean? Well, what is the panic button for them? So what trade can they make realistically? That's going to really change much. Like, I, I don't see a certain There's trade. not really much of a trade they can make that would help. I mean, if they could get Buddy Hill somehow, but Laker fans told us Malik Monk was better than Buddy Hill. So, and that's another thing, too. Like, they just don't have – like, here's the thing. The players that they have that make up contracts, Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron, they're not going to trade AD or LeBron. And Westbrook's value is literally in the gutter after the trade they just made. Mm-hmm. So, you can't really make a big trade. Uh, your young guys that make up contracts, they're not going to trade Taylor Horton Tucker because they like him too much. Malik Monk, he can't be traded till like February. You know what I mean? Like they don't they have a Austin Reeves in LA too. They don't have a tradable option. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. They're really stuck in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, dude. I think at this point, I wonder what LeBron does. Like I'm sure LeBron in his own head is panicking because this is it. Like his career is, is going to hit the end. And he's fine where he's at, but what LeBron has four championships, correct? Like those four championships, they're great, but he's searching for that five, that fifth, that sixth one. And I think he wants at least a shot at getting one more. 
And I don't know if that's even a possibility. Like you, you look at that roster, they lost Alex Caruso huge yeah. off the bench last year. You know, like they, they look at right now. And I said this as a Kings fan, Montrez Harrell, and we'll get into this later during our Kings uh, section, but Montrez and Kyle Kuzma, have both played a hell of a year. Montrez Harrell looks amazing. And I think a huge part of that is Frank Vogel. In your opinion, does Frank Vogel deserve the criticism that he's getting? Cause Laker fans are completely on his case and saying that he should be fired, uh, that he has no clue what he's doing. He's playing Westbrook and Rondo together at the same time. Just That's a disgusting bit, by the way. Rondo and Westbrook on the court together. That shouldn't be a thing. That's too ball-dominant point guards that want to have the ball like the majority of the possession. You cannot yeah, have those guys out. Anymore, too. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I was never big on Frank Vogel. I think that Indiana team was more so constructed beautifully. Like they had the right group of guys with the right traits around each other where it just worked. I always thought that he was overrated there. And then on Orlando, we saw how bad that was. He goes to LA again. You have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, right? They had good role players a year. They won the championship in the bubble. But I think it's more so you have to have the right roster to be coached by Frank Vogel for it to work. And right now that roster is not right. And he's getting exposed big time. And I saw people say it last year. They were like, well, Frank Vogel won a championship. And they're like, last year when he was struggling without LeBron, they're like, oh, so Frank Vogel must be a bad coach now because he sucks without LeBron, right? Like, as in a defense to to, to certain coaches around the league, or like Luke Walton, that are there saying, oh, well, they don't have enough talent around them or they don't have that star. So it's like, you can't blame coaching. And it's like, yeah, yeah, he is overrated because of what they're doing. Exactly. What they did in the bubble was not the real Frank Vogel. I mean, and, and a lot of that, I'm not saying that, that Frank Vogel like had an anomaly as a coach, but it was just a lot going on during that season. And I, I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't think he deserves much credit for that. I, I think they had the right roster and they ended up just running into some teams that were just not very good. The, the NBA was not that good yeah. that year. Like you had the Miami heat, the lowest seed ever in the finals, you know? So I don't know. And to me, I look at the Lakers and, and I do wonder what they're going to go where they're going to go from here and what they're going to do next. Cause you got a guy like LeBron, you know how LeBron gets, he starts, he starts pouting on the floor. Cause he's like, I want, give me, give me superstar. Yeah. So it is, it is making wild demands. How about Phoenix? Huh? How about their G or their owner? Not the, not no good. Amir, no good. But uh, what, what has Robert Sarver gotten himself into? Well, Robert Sarver's got himself into a lot of trouble, and now the NBA has investigated him because he has made some questionable decisions. Earl Watson, former Suns coach, came out and said that uh, Robert Sarver said some choice words. Um, yeah, so it, it, and there's been plenty of other stuff. He actually got two strippers, or I don't know how many strippers there were, but multiple strippers to – come to the players on the team and, and try to impregnate them so then they would be forced to stay in Phoenix. That, to me, is... <laughs> I don't know how you even come to the conclusion in your mind, like, this is a good idea, this will work. Like, that is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. I don't think any NBA player cares about getting... Like, that's... I don't know. That all happened because LaMarcus Aldridge was a free agent. 
and he and his kids still lived in Texas because that's where Umar just went to college and everything. And he a big reason he went to San Antonio was because hey, from Texas, kids are here. So somehow Robert Sarver took that and said, Yeah, if we can get the players to get some strippers pregnant, they probably want to be here. Like, what? Why would you think that would work? All right. Well, <laughs> I really don't have much to say about Robert Sarver. Unless nah, got he's a piece of shit. There's really nothing to talk well, about. You know, this is a PG show. So let's I, I I saw we. Well, think about it this way. All right, let me ask you this. We'll just I'll ask you one question, then we'll get out of here. I, what's the? Uh, no, don't leave. What uh, what do you think his punishment should be? Me personally, he should sell the team. He should be forced to sell the team at that simple. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that same thing. I think you uh, have. I don't know, dude. I, I feel like Adam Silver is going to force him to sell the team. And well, something that people brought up as a good point was like, you know, a lot of these owners knew this, but it only comes up because it's been brought up so much because there's quote an investigation and yeah. everybody turns on you and then they'll find the random coaches emails and then they'll fire him and the player on the team wound up getting in a car accident. And then, and then after that, you're going to hear about another player that also got a DUI. I think you went off the rails there. I think you started talking about the Raiders. Well, sorry. I got, you know what? The point is they're going to find something on, on Sarver. And usually, because we all know that they had some type of bear on Sarver before, but all of a sudden they all were just like, oh, dude, ah. if, if they're coming out with this now, if everything they came out with is true, that's enough to get him to force to sell the team already. You know what I mean? And I think he will. But the problem with that is Sarver is so adamant that he hasn't been doing it. Like, he's been telling his lawyers, and, and the Suns even posted saying, like, let's not all jump to conclusions. So he's clearly adamant that he hasn't done anything wrong. And there's a lot of witnesses that have said otherwise. We'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm interested to see if, if they're going to actually have to force him to sell the team. Because the Donald Sterling thing was totally different. Donald Sterling was caught on tape saying, I don't want Magic Johnson in my game. Bro, he was wild. He was like, and he was absurdly racist. All right, here's one question I have for you: Hurricane Katrina, Donald Sterling, Robert Sarver. What's been the hardest part in in Chris Paul's career to deal with? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna leave Robert Sarver out because, well, he's already dealt with this similar thing before, like Donald Sterling. I'm going to go ahead and go with Hurricane Katrina because they had to play in a whole new city and arena and everything that time. And that's that's a lot of movement. That was early in his career, too, wasn't it? That was like rookie yeah. or second year. It, that it was, was early. It was it was during his – I don't exactly remember, but I know it was during his rookie contract. And I remember yeah. – That's a lot to take on. That's a lot yeah. of – And you got to move your family – like your family's houses are getting destroyed. Like it's not just your direct family. You got other families. We should, we should probably not talk about this, to be honest, because we just compared – a natural disaster to a racist owner. Well, no, because here's the thing. <laughs> Technically, when, when Chris Paul was on the Clippers, remember that whole situation where they were like, do we even play? Like, you're putting on the jersey of a racist owner. You know what I mean? So it's like, what is worse? Like, you know, you're, you're playing either you, you have to go through the whole situation of a natural disaster where everything is, is really difficult. Like, everything gets a lot harder. Like you said, playing in a, in a whole new arena, you're playing in a different city, you're playing in a very different situation compared to any other team. And your family's going through a lot, a lot of stuff. But at the same time, you're going through a lot of stuff privately and publicly when you have a racist owner saying all types of stuff. So, yeah, I think it is difficult to say what's worse. But, you know, 
what's been bad this year and and I didn't think would get worse than last year, at least to start off the season, is James Harden. Yeah. Uh, is James Harden okay? Like, are, are we are we jumping the gun or is it time to start being a little um, bit worried about James Harden? That hamstring injury is starting to scare me a little bit because he looks like he lost all of his first step. Like, it does not look explosive even in the slightest. And I think – how old is Harden? He's like 32, 33. Mm-hmm. That's getting to that age where those type of injuries kind of like scare you a little bit. And then you watch him play and it's like, he does not look the same at all. Like he looks lost. And you saw, like you sent me the clip of Sadiq Bay locking him up. You said like he loses the ball and just jogs back to it. And Sadiq Bay just pulls out sprints, grabs it, gets it and dunks it. And it's like, that's inexcusable, especially for a guy that's played as long as Harden has. Like that's, that's a mental lapse. And like you're at the level he played at, you can't be making that mistake. Like you were an MVP at one point. You can't be making mental mistakes like that. And that's, what's concerning is like hamstring injury and then mental mistakes like that. That's not characteristic of him to do that. And then you couple along with like refs are being a lot more lax now. Like they're letting physical play get away with it and everything. And like, it's a messing with Harden. I think like it's really getting in his head and he doesn't know what to do. And like, he had that one game where he had, like, 19 free throws. Vintage Harden, right? Mm-hmm. It's crazy that I'm saying vintage Harden already. It feels like it was just three years – well, it was three years ago that he was doing that. But it, it's weird to see how far he's fallen off, if it makes sense. Like, it, statistically, he's getting stats. But if you watch him play, it's not the same James Harden. It's, it's a lot of the eye test. People hate the eye test. Uh-huh. But it's like, if you watch basketball, if you know the, the game, you know that James Harden's not playing how he usually plays. And he's not that player that he was – even last year, I mean, we saw it when he went to the Nets. I, he was a potential MVP candidate. A lot of the voters didn't even want to give him a shot at it because of how he handled this situation in Houston. But he did show up. We saw also the picture of James Harden in this Rockets warm-up uniform. And the dude looked like he was not in shape at all. And like he was at the strip club eating wings all, all month. So I am a little bit... uh surprised with how he started off this year i thought harden would show up a lot better yeah yeah i think the, the hamstring injury is is a cause for concern i mean we saw it in the playoffs he was not able to move and i know that was like he should not have even played i wonder if that has set him back at all right now but at some uh, like at the same time dude when players are playing and, and i i just sometimes i just get sick and tired of these injury excuses because it's like the dude is out there playing he's playing in an nba game and he's able to play a good amount of minutes. If you're, as long as you're able to do that in a regular season game, you're fine. Like you, you, there's nothing that serious. So I, I do tend to get a little bit irritated when people use the injury excuse. Cause it, it is, it can apply, but a lot of the times it is an excuse. And I think for right now, the whistle is really what's messing up James Harden's game. And yeah, his quick first step is gone. I, I don't think one, he's not in shape. Like let's just be honest. And it might be the hamstring situation because he didn't really get to work out as much, but you would expect him to be at least somewhat in shape right now. Um, So I don't know. I I, I look at Harden and I look at the Nets and that Nets team just worries me. I don't know where their ceiling is. And I don't know if Harden is really going to be back to where he was. I mean, a lot of people expect it to be that way, but he has shown no signs of it to start off the season. Yeah. Definitely concerning. Well, you know what's not concerning? The Golden State Warriors. They're seven and one. Wow. 
They are on fire. And the, I'm, well, their only loss was against the Grizzlies, I believe. Yeah. Tough That's team. The Grizzlies are a tough team. And, and Jaws, one of those guys that has played really well. But speaking of someone that's played well, I mean, Steph has played out of his mind this year. Like, yeah. we saw a lot of that last year. But this year, I think we're seeing a whole different version of, of the Warriors. Steph is getting a ton more help. Like, offensively, he's not having to score as much. When does Clay come back? In mid-December, I want to say. So, they're looking this good without Clay Thompson. What is their ceiling with Clay Thompson? I think they could be contenders, man. And people are going to say, yeah, be realistic. Because Clay, they're going to say Clay hasn't played tomorrow. Clay's not a player that really relies on movement. You know what I mean? Like, he's a shooter. That's what he is. And you don't lose shooting with – I mean, you could with a lower leg injury and everything. But I don't think it will affect him that much. You're adding a guy who can literally pop off any night for 50 without even dribbling the basketball. That's an elite weapon to add. Um, Steph's look really good. People are going to say, but he's not averaging as much. Me and you both know stats don't tell the whole story. We just mentioned it with Harden. If you watch Steph play, he looks more lethal this year. If it makes sense, he's, I don't, maybe it's the emergence of Jordan Poole. Maybe him shooting eight threes a game, shooting at 35%, which is a little below league average, but he's becoming that elite option. You know what I mean? Like the, what, the past three games he's been lighting up. Maybe that's giving Steph more breathing room. You know what I mean? Wiggins is playing good for them. You you have a lot of guys packing a punch. It's weird that – is Kaminga and Moody even playing that much? No, so – I knew Kaminga came back from injury, but I thought Moody played in season opener, and I don't think he played since, or he hasn't they, played They much. don't get too many minutes. They get around like a five, ten minutes a game, if that. And you brought up them too, and I was going to ask you, you look at those two guys – and how well the Warriors are doing. Are, are they at all a trade piece in this season? Like, could they so. end up getting another player instead of having these two guys? I believe. I mean, James Wiseman didn't come back yet, did he? Wiseman's not back yet either. So you could even. I mean, up. those three guys could probably get you like a really impactful player. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I look at the Warriors and it. I do think they are championship contenders, and I do think that right now, if I had to pick one team in the West, I'm probably going to go with the Warriors. I, yeah. I think the Warriors can take it all the way. And if we're being honest, who's looked better than the Warriors this year? And, and I know that's that's hard to say with their People record. We're going to bring up the Jazz. Jazz are seven and two. They just no, lost. Not going to bring up. But here's why I'm saying they can't bring up the Jazz. Until they show me that they can make a difference in the playoffs, I'm not going to rank them because we've seen this before. They're a regular season powerhouse. And they're Milwaukee until they're not Milwaukee. Yeah, that's they're exactly how people are in Milwaukee. Nobody took Milwaukee. season team can't show it in the playoffs. And and it's unfair to say, well, until they show it, I'm not going to believe it. But it's like. Well, that's how it is. You can get mad at me for it, but why would I believe it if I haven't seen it? Like, you got to show me that Rudy Gobert can stay on the floor. What, two weeks ago, he was first in the MVP ladder. Now he's down to seventh. Until you show me Rudy Gobert being able to play in meaningful games and not get played off the court, he turns into Grant Williams in meaningful games. Like he's sitting uh, on the end of the bench. Nice to Grant Williams. Yeah, you're right. Grant Williams played Nicole Jokic off the floor last year whenever Sox played Denver. You, I need to see Rudy Gobert play in a meaningful game and not get played off the court before I ever put any stock into the Utah Jazz. Yeah, so then I look at them and I'm like – they're a potential team that could be there. Phoenix does not look good this year. They're being exposed as bubble buddies. And then I, I look at Miami. Miami is probably the one team that 
actually gives me a little bit of like, you know what, this team could can make a difference. No, it's still early though, and I know you hate Miami. So well, no, because here's the issue I have with Miami. I had said that they don't have a secondary handler. If Kyle Lowry goes down, they're kind of you know what I mean. It turns into Jimmy Butler being the yeah. initiator. But Tyler Hero stepping up this year kind of gives them leeway if Lowry were to get hurt. So yeah, I, I like Miami. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't argue against Miami being the top team in the East. I don't know how many teams or how many people would have told you that the two teams that are going to be contenders in each conference would be the Warriors and the Heat. Yeah. I don't know how many people would buy that because a lot of people look at it like, well, I got the Lakers and the Nets. You know, we we are the, the Lakers and the Bucks, And it's like you look at those teams and the Bucks are struggling. Obviously, the Bucks have a ton of injuries, but and we know with the, with the whole championship teams usually just kind of just slowly start off the year. The Lakers have not looked good, and the Nets have not looked very good either. So, I don't know. I, I look at the Warriors, and, and I do think that they have that chance to be championship contenders. However, I also do think they're one piece away. I, I don't think Wiseman, Moody, and Kaminga are going to be doing much in the playoffs to the point where they're really going to help Steph out and help help the Warriors out into being that championship contender. So. It is a fun team to watch. I will say the Warriors, if you got league pass, that's probably the number one team you want to watch right now. That's – besides me, I, I, my number one league pass team is the Charlotte Hornets just because I love what Lamelo's doing. But the Warriors are one of those teams that you do not want to miss them when they're playing. It reminds me a lot of, of the 2015 year. You know who my league pass team is? The Cavs. Because, because they have – Evan Mobley. And Evan Mobley, I, I, they also have Darius Garland, but I'm very high on Evan Mobley. But get this. Evan Mobley is second on the on the rookie ladder. Can you guess who's first? Chris Duarte. Nope. Scotty Barnes. Okay? The rookie ladder, it's funny you mentioned Duarte because he's third. Okay? Rounding out the top five. Rounding out the top five is Franz Wagner and Josh Giddy. Um, You know who's not there? Kay Cunningham. I'm going to ask him here, made his debut of the season, like what? He's played four games or three games, has not shot the ball efficiently. Are you concerned at all with Kay Cunningham? Because no, we I'm see not. a lot of people calling him a bust already four games in his career. No, I'm absolutely not concerned. I would say the one thing that Kate has to improve is his shooting. I don't think he's yeah. a great shooter overall, but I'm not worried about it at all. Luka Doncic, you want to know something that's actually surprising? People love Luka Doncic. He's their MVP. He's their superstar, the, the face of the league. Go look at his shooting percentages. Go look at his shooting splits. Due to shooting 30% from the three, not a great shooter. But because he's Luka, he gets away with a lot of that. I have to say no comment on calling Luka a bad shooter because for the second year in a row, he just hit a buzzer beater on the Celtics to win. So I'm out of this conversation. But, yeah, Cade, I'm not really that worried about Cade, honestly, because Cade – I feel like Kate's Kate. He's going to go through stretches like that. I, I just feel like there's a certain level of confidence when I watch Kate Cunningham that I'm like, eh, he's struggling. He'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like His some game speaks see, a lot for himself. Yes, like, it's not, it, he carries that swagger around. Yeah, because yeah, you see some rookies struggle and you're like, I don't know. I'm worried. But watching Kate, I'm just like, meh, he'll get it. He'll figure it out. He reminds me a lot of uh, what I see in Jalen Green. Like a lot of people are freaking out. You see Jalen Green going three for 14, seven for 19. Yeah. Is Dylan Green really going to be a good scorer? Is he going to be efficient? Is he really good at anything besides jumping high and dunking? And it's like, if you really watch the game, you would not be worried about Dylan Green. He has a swagger. Dude, 
walks around. We saw him hit a step back over Anthony Davis. Yeah, he's got a call in the fourth quarter. He has yeah, it all. And, yeah. and, and that's why I'm not worried about either of those two guys. I think I think Kate has a lot of that. Now, I will say part of Kate's struggles to me has been Detroit. And I don't know how much you're on that, but I, I just look at Detroit and I'm like, you don't surround Cade with enough. And, and putting him with a guy that just is, is – Cade is, is, is stuck with a guy who's building a brick house back there, and his name is Killian Hayes. Be nice to Killian Hayes. He's barely even playing. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Before I get on, like, the shit on Detroit thing, I'm going to give him two years to try to surround him with talent because you still got to see what he's good at and everything. But give him some time, figure it out, and then we'll see. We'll see in a couple of years. But, yeah, I'm not – I'm not worried about it. Realistically, there's not too many rookies that are struggling right now that I'm like, oh my god, press the panic button. Like, well, who is that rookie that you are worried about? If you, I mean, one, maybe maybe Jalen Suggs, but he's been picking it up lately. But but we watched him against Gonzaga. He played with similar confidence to Cade. Like it's just like you know the player he is. He'll figure it out. I'm not really super worried about it. Like he just looks fine. I will say I'm probably more worried about Jen Suggs than most. And not because and not because really his game and how it translates to the NBA, but I worry about that fit. And I worry about that roster situation. I worry about the fact that Cole Anthony is their like star player. I don't think that's good for Jen Suggs. I, I really don't. I know that might sound like a bad take. I just I don't see them fitting well. Cole Anthony is a guy that needs the ball in his hands and he needs to score the ball to be impactful. Jalen is not necessarily that guy, but Jalen does also need the ball in his hands. He's a point guard, you know, like he's a natural point guard and he's playing next to RJ Hampton and, and Cole Anthony. And you got Markel Fultz, who I don't believe has played a game yet this season. No, he's still out. So when he comes back, how much does that push Jalen Suggs's progression and his growth backwards? So, I am worried about that. I got to be honest, but I'm not worried too much about Suggs himself. I'm just worried about the fit. It reminds me a lot of Dallas with Dennis Wood Jr. Mm-hmm. And I think Jalen is a lot better, but it reminds me of that situation because you put those two guys together and it's like, yeah. you know, Cole Anthony is a good player. And I, I'm still, people are going to call me a Cole Anthony hater. I just, I don't see what a lot of those people see in it. I think he's a great scorer, but it gives me a lot of those Isaiah Thomas vibes to me. You, you have a guy who can put the ball in the hoop, but what else is he really impacting on the court? Is he really helping his teammates? Is And yeah, they're winning games with him sometimes, but is he really a net positive? That's, that's, a, good, that's a good, that's a good question. Cause that's, I think that's valid. I mean, guess we'll just have to wait and see really. See what these guys turn out to be. What if one of them turns out to be an MVP? Oh, what if we talked about the MVP ladder, huh? Go ahead and guess the top five MVP ladder, guys. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to guess Steph Curry. He's second. Okay. Kevin Durant. He's first. Oh, wow. I did not expect Katie to be first. Let's see. Who's else is on the top? This now this list came out on November 5th. So what what's it? We're recording this on the 7th. Yeah. So Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's third. Oh, okay. I'm I have no clue what this list is, by the way, guys. I'm actually guessing. Um shoot, this one is a tough one. Paul George? Nope. I'll give you a hint. This guy plays for a small market and he's a point guard. John Morant. 
John Morant's fourth. And then fifth, I'd be shocked if you guessed fifth. Shoot, this one. Donovan Mitchell? No, I'll give you a hint. He plays in the same division, same division as the Bucks and the Cavaliers and the Pacers. So he's on the Bulls. Can you guess who it is? Zach Levine? DeMar DeRozan is fifth on the MVP ladder. Well, you thought- I wanted to get somebody from Chicago, but I was like, I don't think anyone from that team would actually be on that list. But that is kind of shocking to me. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on DeMar being the guy? I like DeMar. I've always liked him since San Antonio. I think that's an absolute wonderful fit. You put him with the yeah. guy like Zach Levine that's a shooter that can drive the ball, and you have him surrounded with Lonzo. Lonzo Ball, and then they come out with the nickname D Balzac. I mean, come on. What more could you want? They, Yeah, I mean, it's a good fit. Vucevic is kind of struggling right now, which is kind of weird. You have Bulls fans on Twitter saying, get Vooch out of the game now. And they're like, yelling it? I wouldn't worry about that. He'll, he'll be all right. I, Bulls are fun. Bulls are good. Bulls have a loud crowd in the playoffs. I'm excited to see them there. So, Bulls have been fun. Honestly, they've been one of my favorite league pass teams to watch because especially those Chicago games at home, that crowd is lit. Like I was yeah, watching last too. night's game against Philly, and they went on like a, I believe, seventeen to four run. The crowd was electric. Like it was fun to watch, and I, I like that team. That team is exciting. They got some exciting players, and like you said, Vooch has struggled. So I am surprised that Demar is though on that list because I feel like a lot of the Bulls' success has been. And Demar has played really well. Like. He had the game against the Celtics where he was playing out of his mind. The dude was hitting two corner threes in a row. They waved off the first one. He's like, you want me to see, want to see me do it again? And then he hit it again. And DeRozan's not a three-point shooter. So, um, yeah, I like DeMar DeRozan. I like that list. If you had one guy on that list that you would add, who would it be? Well, after what he did to us last night, I'm going to add Luca. I'm going to put him at five. Stop it. Bro, he, he torched us. He always torches us. Though. You know what's kind of weird with him, though? He kind of gained some weight. Kind of gained some weight. Did you see him recently? Bro, he always looks like he's he's eating. He looks bigger this year for some reason. But I'd probably add him. I like watching him play because he, uh, I don't know, he just plays like a really old man style game. Like, he literally looks like a drunk redneck that walked into a YMCA and said, give me the ball. Once again, you can't say these things, but okay, we'll move on from that. Speaking of Luca, he did do something nice. I mean, it depends on what you classify as nice. But I classify as mean. Oh, nasty. Yeah. He did something nasty, and he hit a game winner in Jason Tatum's face. So Josh Richardson's face. Be nice. Well, yeah, I mean, it is technically half the Celtics roster because there it was, was like- four people in the corner with him. Shut up. We're moving on to the Celtics corner. Okay, start off. M.A. looks a lot better. He does look a lot better. He's making a lot more adjustments. I think the team is playing significantly better. Of course, when we start playing better, something bad happens. That's the nature of my fandom. Jalen Brown goes down with a hamstring injury. They said could be. They said it was minor, and then it came out. Could be out until January. Like I Christmas. Seen that report yet. I still haven't seen yeah. that before. I tried yeah. looking for it. I couldn't find it. He could be out until January, Christmas, around Christmas break. So deal yes. with that how you will. Um, n- not ideal 
because, you know, Celtics had the ball rolling three straight games where they had a 19-plus point lead, obviously blew the one against the Bulls. But the team has looked a lot better defensively, especially because they're like fourth in defensive rating. I don't know what it is after last night's game. Um, but yeah, the, the team looks good. I'm happy with how MA has them playing. Uh, not even looking at last night's game, they blew out Miami, who was one of the teams we talked about earlier, being one of the good teams in the East. Great game. Uh, yeah. And that was a really solid game from everybody. Everybody played good, um, except Jason. And that's why I said, hey, little bit concerned about Jason, but if we're able to win with him playing back, like he, I think he finished with 10 points. He got those 10 points like the final six minutes. Like he had zero points. points. Yeah. Yeah. So he had zero points for us. And whenever it mattered, um, Neesmith got playing time. Romeo looked good, but Romeo of course was sick against Dallas. So he couldn't play. It's we, we looked a lot better. It made looks a lot better. He has the guys playing well. I think adding a guy like Al Horford helps relay his message onto the court because I feel like he's an extension of M.A. And M.A. and him, M.A. and him have been – you can, you'll can you see it during games. Al's standing, like, right beside M.A. and they're talking to each other. So you can tell M.A.'s using Al as, like, this glove – like, an extension of himself out on the court. And that's massive for a rookie coach to have a guy like that. Like, I like – I like how the Celtics look. And a lot of people are going to say, yeah, but they almost blew the lead to Miami. They turned it down to six. Amir, how many leads actually stay in the NBA? There's not many. Not anymore. Very, not very rarely do you see a team get up like an 18 to six start and just maintain that lead for the entire game. Like it, it's very rare. So the team looks good. MA looks good. They, they look better. They're buying in more defensively a lot. They're not doing the switch all defense anymore. Thank God. Cause that was getting them torched. Um, yeah, I'm proud with how they played. Like, I don't really have much gripes with it. The game against Dallas, yeah, it sucks. We, we didn't have Jalen. You know what I mean? Like, he's still so, two and two on the week. I don't think it's too bad. I mean, it was a tough loss. You never want to lose on, on a game-winning shot like that because it is demoralizing. That was, and also, that was the third game in four nights. Like, and they just yeah. traveled from Miami to Dallas. Like, I'll, I'll live with it. They had to take a buzzer beater. Like, it is what it is. You're on a road trip, and, and like you said, you're playing Orlando, Miami, Dallas. Not an easy road trip. Like, obviously, you won the game that needed to be won, which was the Orlando game. The Miami game was a shocker to me. I didn't expect the Celtics to play that. No, nah, I didn't expect that. And speaking of, of how well you guys have played, I, I, that was two games in a row you won right after the team meeting, or the, I would say the players only meeting. Which wasn't even a real thing. It was a it was a team dinner where the coaches let the players go in like twenty minutes early. Like it wasn't even a. It, that's the thing that shocked me. Like MA came out right after and said it wasn't a players only meeting. It was their regular scheduled team dinner. The coaches just stayed behind a little. Which, so I don't. And Eme could be throwing that like he he could. Most definitely, yeah. But a big deal about it. But but I still like it. I think it's good. Yeah. I think after a situation where Marcus Smart calls out Jason Tatum, which I want to get into that. Yeah. When you have that whole situation, it's good to kind of discuss that and not have that just be a, a media talking type of a thing. It's like, mm-hmm. better to just go privately, speak about it, tell people like, hey, if Jason's got a problem with it, tell Mark. He's like, you know what? I didn't like how you went to some media and you said all this. Just, just yeah. say it during practices. Say it during our next team meeting. Like, say, you know what? If I get you guys are two of our most talented players, but if you guys are sitting here isolating all game, we're not going to win a game at all this season. We're not going anywhere this season. That's okay. You can say that because at the end of the day, this we've seen it before. The Celtics ain't winning with Jalen and Jason dropping 30 plus a night every single night. Like your odds of winning a championship or getting even deep into the playoffs is not high. 
Did you know that since he called them out, the Celtics are like first in the league in wide open shots by a significant margin? Like they are getting a lot of open shots off driving and kicking. I actually didn't know that, but I will say that you did mention Jason Tatum has been struggling. He has looked a little bit better. He played a much better against the Mavericks. With, with much the- better. And I still think it's really early for a lot of Celtics fans to hit the panic button on Ime and the whole roster. I know it's fun. It's easy to do that as a basketball fan. We all like to panic over a few losses, and then we like to say, oh, this team sucks, and this coach yeah. is bad, and this star – you know, a star tandem duo is not going to work out anymore. And we need to trade Marcus Smart because he's a scrub. Like those things, I, I see that from Celtics Twitter. And it, it, it is overreactionary, but there is some truth to Marcus yeah. Smart struggling. I know? would say it's funny because I, I even tweeted about it. I was like, everybody said whenever he got the extension, I'm one of them, that said that it was a tradable contract if the time came to trade it. If this season goes on like this, where the Celtics are competitive, but he's still playing bad, because right now, let's make no mistake about it, Marcus Smart has been a bad defender all season. Okay, he hasn't been his normal self. He's running on main value right now. A lot of people, a lot of Celtics fans will hear he plays. He's bad defensively right now, and they're gonna say, "No, he's not. It's Marcus Smart." Marcus has been good in the past, but right now, not good. Shooting career worse from deep. This is not a good Marcus Smart right now. Okay, and. You know, last night he hits the three to put the Celtics up 104-102, but then immediately makes the dumb foul at the end, which we can go over later. But if it's a tradable contract and if the deadline comes and you guys are still in the same boat where he's playing really weird and astray and everything, listen to offers. I'm not saying trade him. I'm not saying trade him. Listen to the offers, though. You have to listen to the offers because you might get something where, hey, it's a guy who might fit better next to the Jays, and it's a cheaper contract, shorter contract. Maybe you listen to it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying go out and immediately say, yeah, we're going to trade him. Do it if you get a good offer, but listen to the offers. I think that's the main thing you have to do this trade deadline. If I mean, we're so far from the trade deadline, and we're so early in the season, it's hard to just say, oh, yeah, we're going to have to do that. But I'd listen. With the way he's playing right now, I'd listen to a trade offer. I would as well. And honestly, to me, if I'm the Celtics, I give him some time to, to really see if Marcus Smart can, can get back to where he was last year. Because with Jim Brown out, that means one thing. There's going to be a lot more shots going around around the whole team. So Marcus Smart can sit here, get his shot to fall, because I know he struggled a lot shooting-wise. But yeah. if he can just go back to where he was, even defensively, that's huge for the team. Jalen Brown comes back. The team looks a lot better, and, and I think that helps the Celtics overall. Dennis has done a good job. Jay Rich did really good last night. Neesmith played bad last night, but I still, with Jalen being out, I don't think Neesmith will get relegated back to the doghouse because I think he's a player where more playing time equals better confidence equals better game. You got to give, you got to throw him back out there. You cannot risk burying him on your bench because there's a very good chance he might be your best shooter, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the last two and a half months of the season last year, he was shooting like 47% from deep. Like he was, he was really good last year. You could call him a sniper. Yeah, you could. Not the other thing though. Not the, not, not the thing in the video I'm here. So yeah, I mean, the team looks good. I'm happy with how they played. I don't really have, have any a good week coming up. You guys have an exciting week. You, what are your thoughts? Oh, real exciting week for me. Because Saturday, I will be in Cleveland, Ohio to watch them take on the Cavaliers. They play the Bucks before that. And then who they play somebody else. Hold on, let me check. Toronto on Wednesday. The Bucks. Toronto on Wednesday. Bucks. Three days off. And then you got the Raptors. 
Yeah. And then you got the Bucks on Friday and a back-to-back against the Cavs, which you will be at that game. Yes, I will be there Saturday. Well, I'll be there Monday because I'm not going to stay in Cleveland for one random day on a Sunday. I'm not going to stay in Cleveland. That'd be the most boring day of my life. But yeah, Saturday. Uh, you know, we have Abe listening to this, so let's be. Well, honest. he hates Cleveland too. And he hates Terry Giles, so we don't really value his opinion. But yeah, um, I'll be in the game in Cleveland on Saturday. Mentioned them earlier as a team I like to watch. So it'll be a fun game for me. Um, I'll take my Cavs from finger just in case. We'll see what happens. You can't. Okay, never mind. You can't do that. You're, you're a Celtics fan. I can listen. I'll do whatever the heck I please. Anyways, back to me gonna be a fun week amir tell me about your sacramento kings well my sacramento kings have actually surprisingly looked really good yes they have luke walton i've heard looks pretty decent and you guys are gonna have to give him respect no we're not talking about well you know we'll give him some respect but we're not gonna go Thank too you. crazy you're starting to wake up and realize he's a good coach stop so <laughs> it started off last sunday luca hit a ridiculous shot wow surprising seems to be the theme of the day huh yeah and then Kings play the Jazz on Tuesday. De'Aaron Fox goes 0 for 8 in the first half. Does it remind you of somebody? Hmm, Jason Tatum. Hmm, Celtics. He very similar. I don't know why our teams are very mirror image of ourselves this year, but for whatever reason they have, except we've actually been good. Oh, sick burn. Anyways, uh, the Pelicans. We beat the Pelicans on Wednesday. I uh, actually had Abe, our good friend. He came in town. We went to that game together. It was a good game. The Kings actually pulled out that one. No Brandon Ingram. No Zion Williamson. Don't know what's going on with Zion. Dude is, I believe, upwards of 300 He looks chunky. Are we all at all worried about Zion, Caleb? Yeah. Got a little bit of chunk to him now, man. That's concerning. He doesn't look like the guy he looked at at Duke. I'll say that. But, yeah, the Kings actually ended up winning that one against the Pelicans. That was a tough game uh, just because I feel like they were on a back-to-back and they were tired, and, and you're playing against a team like the Jazz the night before, and they had a tough loss that night because they had that game. And the Kings have played well against these good teams. Ended up playing the Hornets, and you brought up a point about the Celtics giving up their lead against the Heat. Kings were up by 15 in the first quarter and never looked back. They ended up winning that game 140 to 110. The Hornets are not a good defensive team, and that's to put it nicely. But the Kings looked a lot better. And one guy I will say that's continued to look good, Caleb, is Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell has looked like a true star young player. And by star young player, I don't mean he's a star. But Very weird, though, that he was not in the top five on the rookie ladder. Don't like that. I, I think that's because they don't care about – we talked about this at the beginning of the season. Sure. They don't care about defense. They just don't. The defense will not matter. Davion ended up locking up Donovan Mitchell earlier this week and did the same thing against the Pelicans, was locking up Josh Hart again, guarding Devontae Graham. And then same thing with the Hornets. You saw moments where he was guarding even Miles Bridges, like a guy that's a lot bigger than him. And Miles Bridges struggled, who's a guy who has played really well. So it was a good game. I, I liked what I saw from the Kings. One thing I liked a lot, and I know we talked about this if we were worried at all with Matt earlier last week, but Tyrese Halliburton. He ended up playing really well. I believe he outplayed LaMelo. I know LaMelo had better stats, but you're talking about a guy who who really controlled the game, and that was Tyrese. And I liked what I saw from him. We talked about it a lot last year on the podcast. It was Tyrese versus LaMelo a lot. Anthony Edwards wasn't even in that conversation. You at times said that you thought Tyrese was going to be the rookie of the year. So 
was exciting to see that. I, I, I like to see that matchup, and I think that's going to be an exciting matchup to see for the years upcoming. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I like the Kings, man. Hey, shout out to Harrison Barnes. He's still staying afoot. But I really need to ask you, all trolls aside, we know I've trolled with you in the past. If the Kings make the play in this year and they bring back Luke Walton next year, will you be mad? Because we play Fortnite at night, and night after night, I do hear you and Abe start to give some recognition towards Luke Walton. I want to know, because I haven't watched as many Kings games this week as previous. But do you like the way Luke Walton is coaching the team right now? Because they seem to be in every game competitive. They seem to be close. Do you like what he's doing? Tell me the truth. I want to hear the truth. All right. I can be honest, but I can still be mean, right? Okay, if you want. I like what Luke Walton's doing. I, I definitely like what he's doing rotations-wise. I also throw up when I watch a lot of our <laughs> Come offense. on. Well, I do want to throw up every time I watch a lot of our offensive sets. It's not fun to watch. We, we don't look good on offense a lot of times. But we have so much more talent than we did last year. Like last year, we had Corey Joseph as our main backup point guard. This year, you got De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy healed hell of a year. He played a great game against the Hornets. He's played really well. Lakers, you're an idiot for not taking him. Harrison Barnes, like you said, played extremely well. Rashawn Holmes, he put up 20 and 20 against the Hornets. Another guy that's been really good. So I do want to say that a lot of those guys stepping up has helped Luke Walton. Alex Len has been huge off the bench this year. Kings have looked good. And I, I think their roster is finally looking well-rounded out. Now, we still don't have enough wings on the roster. I don't think the Kings have a solid wing that besides Harrison Barnes, like you have Mo Harkless. He's good, but Mo Harkless can also be one of those guys where it's like, you know, he, he's not someone that you can really rely on. So yeah, while I do give Luke Wallen credit, I do still have my, my skepticism over him and I, I'm not really too confident in his abilities to continue keeping this up. Cause we saw this before. Saw this before last year, Caleb. We did. Started off well, they fell off the ladder. I don't want that to happen this year, so I'm not investing. Just like with the Raiders, how we talk about all the time, we can't overly invest because when you do that and you buy in and you start to believe, then you start to, to panic. Let me ask you this. You mentioned it whenever you're going on your little rant. The Lakers should have took Buddy Hill, right? Rant. Now, I want to ask, do you think this seems better with Buddy Hill or do you think they would be even better with Montrezl Harrell and Kyle Kuzma? That is a really good question. Shoot, honestly, man, I would probably say that they might be better off where they are right now because they do need that shooting. And and I was a guy that said and wanted to say last week on the podcast, I wanted to ask this with Matt. And I believe I did ask Matt the question, yeah. how much better would this team be and how much of a difference would it, would it be? In? And he said himself, I think it would make it be a big difference. And I agree. I, I think it would make a big difference. Having a guy like Montrez Harrell off the bench – Kyle Kuzma is that wing forward that we do need next to Harrison Barnes. Like we do need that depth, but, but Buddy Hill's shooting has been irreplaceable this year. And he you mentioned been... it too. Shooting is what every single team wants to find. And yeah. when you have an elite shooter like Buddy, it pays more to have him than to move him for other stuff, unless it's a significant return. And I don't think it's a significant re enough return of Kuzma and Montrez to be able to justify moving away, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't yeah. change as that much. And shooting outweighs what those two would bring, in my opinion. 
especially when you have somebody who hasn't been shooting so well in De'Aaron Fox. Again, I know we keep asking this, and I'm not going to ask you if you're worried anymore, but how much time do you see before De'Aaron Fox starts to settle back to himself? Because the past two games, he's looked – The past two games, he looked like himself. He's looked normal, Close. yeah. Shooting is still yeah, it, it a work in progress. But I'm not going to worry about it. I think I think it's fine. Honestly, truthfully, I'm not even going to worry about it because I really do think he's he's – entering that time where he's getting back to himself similar to how jason tatum looked against dallas i understand saying one game but that's more of themselves and i feel like it's easier to build off of that once you because once you get one game where you're back to yourself and you kind of see what it's like outside of a slump you know what i mean you get your confidence back like oh i can do it i, I got this and i think i think the Aaron, similar to jason i think they'll be fine and i think they're entering where it'll kind of level itself out you know what i mean like they're better than what they've shown yeah, I agree. There's not really too much room to panic over De'Aaron because right now the Kings have looked good without him. So it is probably more exciting as a King fan to say, well, you know, if they're playing this good without him, and, and by without him, I'm saying without him being at that star level, then where is he going to be, you know, where are the Kings going to be in a few weeks when, when De'Aaron hopefully gets back to where he was? So going to be a good week for the Kings and the Celtics. I do want to hear from you next week on how the game was. So let us know. Keep us updated because I'm sure our fans have just been dying to hear about the I'll probably record like a video or something of the game. We'll post yeah. it YouTube so that somebody can see something. I don't know. We'll do something. Post it on Twitter. Maybe do a vlog. Maybe I will do a vlog. It's, yeah, it's called a vlog. Anyways, all right, guys. Fun episode. Um, I'm excited to see how this, this week goes. There's there's a lot of NBA news that's been going on with, with these teams like the Lakers. You have some exciting new teams coming up in the league. The Hornets have kind of fell back to earth, but they look really well. The Suns, what's going on with them? Mm-hmm. Detroit, hey, huh? Detroit, is Cade Cunningham going to go back to where we thought he was? Are he's getting a lot of that hate? Are, are we going to see him? The Timberwolves, they've struggled recently. Carl Anthony Towns liking a tweet that says free cat. And then he says he got hacked, Caleb. Do you buy that? Yes, because I think players really? know. Yes, really? No, I, no, 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 no. Because, listen, players understand if they like a tweet, it'll be found instantly. There's no way he's going out there and liking a tweet on his actual account. Maybe he meant to say it was on his burner or something. I do not think he intentionally liked that tweet because, again, they know what's going to happen. Fans are going to see it. It's going to be instant. No, but there's a difference yeah. between intentionally liking and liking on accident. Or yeah, I'm not buying that he did it intentionally because that makes no sense. Okay, but but here's the question. Do you think it was Carl Anthony Towns that did it? Or do you really think he got hacked? I'm going to say he got hacked. Really? So you're going to say somebody hacked into the phone? If Cat wanted out of Minnesota by now, we would have heard about it. And every so year, it's speculation. Instead of tweeting, hey, looking for honey's out in minnesota he decided to just happen to like one tweet instead of going on twitter and, and tweeting all this stuff somebody some hacker could have done all that he decided yeah you know i'm just gonna like one tweet that, yeah. you really buy that yeah well you know what you're wrong and that's not nothing new 76ers to wrap it up caleb they've looked better without ben simmons does this help or hurt their case it hurts their case. There's no win-win there for anybody. It hurts their case. Because now people are like, you don't even need them. Now you're just now you have like a max contract sitting on your bench. You need to get rid of it. And they're finding them. They're finding yeah. them on top of all that. So yeah, which is ridiculous. All right. Well, we'll get into more of that next week. Um, any last words you want to leave them with, Caleb? Is some wise wisdom that you have? Anything? 
Nope. Well, this is what we get from the college students. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. All right, Caleb, post show, real quick. I have a question for you. Okay, what? All right, if you could be one mascot in the NBA for the rest of your life, but you had to be him, who would it be? And why? Celtics Leprechaun. Celtics Leprechaun, lucky. Because I get to go to all the games. Uh, I already look like him. I just need to shrink a couple inches. Um, I pretty much, I'd be perfect for the job, honestly. Like, that would be the perfect job. So you, you want to be like four foot three? He's not four foot three. I think this other leprechaun, the, the guy who who plays him is like five nine. I'd be five nine if I got the good sit court side of the to run on the court. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Benny the Bull. One thing I like about Benny the Bull is one, he doesn't care. Like he'll he'll go out and do. Why whatever. won't you? Why would you be Slamson? Well, Slamson's a Slamson's a fool. If you've seen Slamson, he acts a fool. Like the dude, there's no way the dude doesn't do. We talked, like, well, we didn't talk about Travis Scott, but you know, we we all saw the Travis Scott situation with the whole, you know kids overdosing and stuff. I'm pretty sure Samson does drugs, dude. There's no way that dude is going out there sober. All right, he, he does some wild stuff. And, and I don't want any part of that. I'm not you, I'm not about that life. Hey, you well, gotta be fair. The Pirates mascot in the 70s was sneaking in drugs to the locker room and doing cocaine with players before games. Well, that's probably what Samson's doing. So that's why I'm gonna go with Benny the Bull. Benny the Bull harasses people. Have you seen him? He'll, he'll bring his popcorn, he'll throw it on people. It's got, dude, honestly, I'm not even kidding. If I went to a game and the mascot spilled popcorn on me or anything on me, I'm beating the living shit out of that mascot. I would probably freak out. Dude, I'd be, you ever see the one where the guy like, threw cake on somebody? Like the mascot threw cake on somebody? No. Telling you right now, I was at a game, a mascot from behind me dumped the cake on my head. I'm getting up and I'm putting that stupid mask on a chokehold. You know how like you walk down the steps and they have like the bars you can hold on to? Yes. And they have like a bar here and a little yes. bar here for yes. little kids. Yes. Put his head Okay, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. This is first of all, this is a kids show. Second of all, you're bringing your Halloween. I know, but I'm just saying, if I'm at a game to enjoy basketball and a mascot chooses that's the time to start a little food fight, he's dying right then and there. I'm beating the food fight. It's a fit. His fit is, I'm going to throw popcorn on you. His fit is disrespecting me. His fit is then dying. It's that simple. Well, you know what? You're not the one that has to sit there and clean it up. Benny the Bull has no regard for any of the people that work those minimum wage jobs. And he's like, well, you know, they're here to clean up. You know what? No, new one. Benny the Bull is canceled. We're setting the president right now. He's done. We're we're done with him. He's done. He's getting canceled. Benny the Bull, congrats. You're gonna go back to work. You're gonna go back to work in Circuit City, you fool. No, he's not. First of all, you're being mean to Benny the Bull. I don't know why you're you're. Because mascots make me sick. They yeah, just well, stuff on people. You guys obsess over a freaking leprechaun. But you can't Don't disrespect that. Lucky, you freak. Look what happened to Kyrie Irving. He can't even walk up and down the street without getting yelled at. Well, Kyrie can't play in the NBA anymore because he disrespected Lucky. Exactly. Kendrick Perk, well, it wasn't Kendrick, it was, it was Glenn Davis. Huh? Glenn, Glenn Warren. Davis and Lucky got his get back, and he did. Now your ankles messed up, and you can't play anymore. <laughs> well, hopefully Glenn Davis gets arrested soon. All right, Caleb, good night. See ya. <laughs>